Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, Take a Letter, Darling, the Starring Players. This is Rosalind Russell. This is Cary Grant. This is Edward Everett Horton. Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild players in Take a Letter, Darling. All of the stars on these programs donate their services and the money paid by the sponsor for these programs goes directly to the Motion Picture Relief Fund for the maintenance of their country house, caring for the members of the picture industry who are no longer able to provide for themselves. Screen Guild players present that fast-moving comedy of office romance, Take a Letter, Darling, starring Cary Grant, Rosalind Russell, and Edward Everett Horton. Our play opens in the reception room of Atwater and McGregor, nationally known specialists in advertising campaigns. As the curtain rises, Tom Burney is applying for a job. Good morning. Oh, good morning. I, uh, I have a letter of introduction to A.M. McGregor. Is it about a job? Yeah, the name is Tom Burney... And the letter's from Bill Dooley. Well, looking at you, I'll say you'll get the job. Chump. Huh? <laughs> Just a second. McGregor's office. Mr. Tom Verney to see you. He has a letter of introduction from Mr. Dooley. How does he look? 
Do you want my opinion as an employee or um, as a female? Is there a difference? Oh, definitely. As an employee, I'd say, uh, uh-uh. But as a female... <laughs> well, run him in. I'll take a look at him for myself. McGregor will see you right away. Thanks. Where's the office? Right down the hall. You'll see the name on the door. Come in. Uh, Mr. Verney to see Mr. McGregor. I know. Give me the letter. Uh, huh? I said give me the letter, Barney. Verney. Oh, sorry. My letter's for McGregor, personally. I'm McGregor, personally. Uh, huh? Now give me the letter and sit down. Yes, sir. What was that? Uh, I mean, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Go ahead, Barney. No, no, no. Verney. Well, whatever it is, sit down while I read this. Well, Dooley didn't tell me McGregor was a lady. Is a lady. Oh. <laughs> oh, did you write this letter? No, no. I heard Dooley dictate it, though. We went to school together. Oh, then you know that you're a very clever lad. And that I should be able to find a place for you here. Well, <laughs> I told him to leave the very out. Oh. Just clever. Yeah, that's just what I told Dooley. For the third time, sit down. Ouch. Now, have you ever been in advertising before? No. What have you done? Well, uh, nothing. Oh, that's quite a career. Uh, look, don't be silly. I had an income. Oh, and now your piggy bank is empty, eh? Yeah, well, you know what taxes do to a piggy bank. College graduate? Yes. Do you want to be in advertising? Well, uh... No. That's a great start. What would you like to do? Well, I guess I'm childish, but uh, that's my secret. Stand up. Can you wear clothes? Well, don't look now if I haven't any on. <laughs> Please, now, will you answer my questions and try not to be cute? Oh, pardon me. Far away. Do you dance? Fairly well. No prizes. Have you any uh, romantic obligations? Uh, no, no. Well, I'll give you a try. The starting salary is $50 a week. Thanks, but what could I possibly do around here that's worth $50 a week? You'll be my private secretary. Secret Secretary? I don't know anything about typing or dictation. Oh, we have or, plenty or, of or... girls in the office who are expert at all those things. Your duties will be more personal. Oh. Oh! <laughs> well, uh, what do you say? Uh, no. No, no. What? No, Miss McGregor, I've admitted I'm here because I need the money. But if what I'm thinking is right, I'd rather go out and dig a good deep ditch. Mr. Vernick! Oh, you're sweet. In fact, you're positively precious. But believe me, I won't harm you. Well, I, I just wanted to be sure. That's... Now, before you start, I'd like to have my little say. My last four secretaries went out of here on their ears oh, because their unusual duties gave them illusions of irresistible masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Do you follow me, or are you ahead of me again? Oh, I'm sorry. Now, good. Now, you go to DeJay's the Tailors right away and get yourself a full-dress suit. Here's the address. Tails? Tails. Everything. Tell them it's a rush job and to charge it to my account. We're going out tonight. It... Now, you'd oh, better but, hurry. But... Go on, go on. You may have to have alterations. Well, uh, uh, all right, well... Where will I meet you? Uh, just give me your address. I'll pick you up at your place at seven. Well? well just wanted you to know you needn't bring me a corsage. <laughs> just, just bring me a white gardenia. That won't clash with my tie. <laughs> Goodbye. You'll be ready there at seven. I don't want to wait.
Well, at least you're prompt. That's something. Here's your gardenia. Oh, 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 no. Miss McGregor, you shouldn't have gone to all that trouble for unimportant little me. It's worth it. You look lovely. Get in. Well, this must seem a bit unusual to you, Vernie. It does. It is. A woman in business faces many problems, and the greatest problem she faces is men. Oh. I sell advertising to men. The fact that I'm a woman helps, but it also brings complications. Naturally. That's where you come in. Tonight, you're saving a big advertising account for me by reassuring a jealous wife. Oh, I'm reassuring a jealous wife? We're dining with Mr. and Mrs. French. Mr. Mm -hmm. French is advertising manager of Castle Soups. And you're trying to get the account. And I will get the account if Mrs. French will stop being suspicious of the time her husband spends with me. And the simplest way of reassuring her is to introduce her to my fiancé. Uh, oh, is he going to be there, too? He's you. Uh... Oh, I get it. Yeah, okay. There's nothing now underhanded about this. No, Mrs. No. French's suspicions are unfounded, and they should be corrected. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, all I'm supposed to do is act like you belong to me. Yes, mm. of course you love me. But you're confident. Naturally. It isn't every boy has a girl bringing him gardenias. <laughs> now stop it, and don't be coy. Give Mrs. French plenty of flattery and attention, and I'll get the account from Mr. French. Oh, what's the matter? Uh, well, I don't feel honest. I don't even feel like a man. Good evening, Pierre. Ah, good evening, Miss McGregor. Have my guests arrived? Mr. and Mrs. French. Yes, they're seated at your table. This way, please. Hello. Miss McGregor, this is Mrs. French. How do you do? How do you do? May I present my fiancé, Mr. Vernie? Mrs. French? How do you do? Oh, oh, did you say your fiancé? Wow, charming. I hoped you'd like him. He's mad about dancing. Aren't you, dear? Oh, certainly. They used to call me Twinkle Toes. <laughs> Would you care to dance, Mrs. French? <laughs> oh, well, if, if Miss McGregor doesn't object. Oh, not at all. Mr. French and I can talk business while we're waiting. You danced divinely, Mr. Verney. Yeah, well, that's because you're so light on my feet. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh I am sorry. Oh, don't apologize. It's a living. Uh, uh, you have a very lovely fiancé, Mr. Verney. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Mac's quite a girl. Don't you ever worry about her? I mean... Spending so many evenings in business conferences with men, uh, like my husband. Oh, go on. What is there to worry about? Mac loves me, and I trust her completely. Especially with this finer wolf, uh, I mean a man, is your husband. Hey, uh, incidentally, Mr. French is a very lucky man. Oh, really, Mr. Bernie? How do you mean? Well, imagine the trouble he'd have if a woman like you, in the, in the full bloom of maturity, should suddenly decide to spread her wings. Spread my wing. Oh, I'm Mr. Bernie. Oh, what a fun. Oh, yes, isn't it, huh? It positively makes me vibrate. Yeah, well, you're probably just warming up for the takeoff. Oh, oh Mr. Bernie, you say the quaintest thing. <laughs> oh, well, you're a great inspiration, Mrs. French. I hope Mr. French appreciates you. Oh, I don't think he does. No, I didn't think he would. <clears throat> But then, what man could, really? Oh, 
morning. Good morning, Miss McGregor. Oh, good morning, Jeanette. Has Mr. Atwater come in yet? Yes, Miss McGregor. Oh, well, good. If anyone wants me, I'll be in Mr. Atwater's office. Well, how's the other half of Atwater and McGregor? Terrible, Mike. Just terrible. Well, cheer up. I'll have French's name on the contract before the day's over. I suppose I should be very happy. Ah, oh, that new secretary of mine is a pip. Mrs. French not only isn't jealous of her husband anymore, she's wondering how she can get rid of him. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Say, am I boring you? We've just added a brand new million-dollar account to our books. Well, well, really, a whole million, well... Oh, I'm sorry, Mac, really I am, but last night I met a man who, in ten minutes, taught me to hate the world and him and myself. He sounds like a bad hangover. Who is he? Jonathan Caldwell, Jr., president of the Caldwell Tobacco Company, and I hope the Reader's Digest tests his cigarettes. Boy, last year that was a $5 million account. Yes, and this year it may be even more. Well, forget him. He's not our headache. Justin and Smith have that account tied up for life. <laughs> That's what they think. It just so happens that Mr. Caldwell and his sister, who owns the whole company, are in town now for the sole purpose of changing advertising agencies. Well, what are we waiting for? Where is he? What hotel? It's no use, Mac. I told you I talked to him last night. Well, I haven't. You not only haven't, you won't. Why not? Well, right now, Mr. Caldwell is paying alimony to four ex-wives, and it's gone to his brain, if he ever had one. At any rate, he not only hates his four ex-wives, he hates all women. Even his sister? No, he just despises her. Well, if four women have managed to talk him into matrimony, I should at least be able to talk him into a contract. Now, Mac, you're a more capable woman than I am. Oh, thanks. And I am a man. I wish you'd learn to let me finish a sentence. Oh, Sorry, go ahead. There isn't the slightest chance that you or any other woman could sell anything to Caldwell. Why, he hasn't had lipstick on his handkerchief in over a year. Uh, not that I have, I mean. Uh, uh, where, where are you going? Oh, where am I going? To study the tobacco business in general and the Caldwell company in particular. I'll be up at my cabin. You're going alone? No, I'm taking my new secretary, Vernon. <laughs> Mac, I'm convinced now. There ain't no Santa Claus. What's bothering you, Vernie? What, a secretary on a weekend with a boss and both of us reading? Yeah, yeah. Here are seven years of Caldwell's life in newspaper clippings. Seven years and four wives. I know. Seven years with the wrong woman. <laughs> now he hates every woman he meets. Yeah, and according to the papers, he meets them all. Anyway, I volunteered to get this man-woman-hater's signature on an advertising contract. You'll get it. Why? Why? You're different, that's why. And the minute he finds out you're different, he's hooked. Thanks, but it won't be that simple. Oh, yes, it will. It wouldn't be for most women, but for you, it'll be a cinch. A woman without emotion can plan like a general in battle. Oh, I see. Bernie, tell me, why do you work at a job you don't like? Well, have you ever been to Mexico? What brought that on? Well... There are things down there yelling to be put on canvas, and I think I'm the guy to do it. Oh? How long have you been painting? Ever since I was a kid. Trouble is, I paint what I like. Nine times out of ten, that means no money. Are you good? Oh, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Anyway, that's why I took this job. As soon as I save enough to buy a jalopy and a trailer, I'm going back to Mexico to paint my head off, live by the sun. Oh. I've dreamt those dreams. They never come true. Well, they will for me someday. Well, I'll tell you something silly. I write poetry. 
Well, go ahead and laugh. Why? All of us are poets. Some of us can put it in words, and some just get a, a feeling. I like you, Vernie. Well, thanks. Never fall in love with me, will you? I'd hate to fire you, and I would if you fell in love with me. Don't worry. Well, why do you say it like that? And I couldn't fall in love with you if I wanted to, and I don't want to. Why not? Because you're a beautiful brain in beautiful clothes, no temperature, no pulse, that's all. I'm a brain with no pulse, eh? I'm a woman, Bernie, more woman than you've ever known. If ever I fall in love, it'll be the sea dashing against rocks and lightning flashing across the sky and thunder rolling through mountains. Yeah, I believe you mean it. It's true. Bernie, what are you going to do? Find out for myself. <laughs> yeah, come here. Come on. look just as plain and severe as possible. But today it's so different. Today, in order to be successful in a career, a girl must be feminine and lovely to look at. And she's much too busy and much too clever to be willing to use a lot of preparation she doesn't really need or to continue with methods that fail to bring results. So that's why so many successful women in business praise Lady Esther for purpose face cream. You see, they know they can count on this one cream by itself to help keep their skin looking fresh and well cared for. They know that Lady Esther Face Cream brings their skin these four important aids to beauty all in a single jar. Every time you use Lady Esther Face Cream, it thoroughly cleans your skin. It softens your skin. It helps nature refine the pores. And finally... It leaves a smooth, flattering base for powder. Is it any wonder many women write and tell me that Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream alone does more for the appearance of their skin, makes it look smoother and fresher than all the preparations they used before? Try it and enjoy the poise and assurance that comes from knowing you look your very best. the second act of Take a Letter, Darling, starring Rosalind Russell as McGregor, Cherry Grant as Tom Burney, and Edward Everett Horton as Atwater. It's several days after Tom Burney kissed his boss. Instead of firing him, she entrusted him with the important job of landing the Caldwell Tobacco Company's advertising account. Right at this minute, however, she is pacing the floor in her partner's office. You know, Atwater... When I think of Tom Verney lolling around Raleigh, North Carolina, romancing Ethel Caldwell with our money, I could kill him. No, no, no. Calm yourself, Mac. Calm yourself. After all, this was your idea. It was not. It was indeed. You insisted on trying to land the Caldwell Tobacco Company's account. Now, didn't you? That has nothing to do with the case. It has everything to do with the case. I warned you to stay away from Jonathan Caldwell in the first place. 
Well, I didn't have any trouble landing Jonathan. Well, perhaps not. But at any rate, when you learned that his sister Ethel controlled the advertising account, you all but screamed for help. I didn't scream. And it was your idea that Bernie fly down to Raleigh with Ethel and sell her that campaign that you had created. Well, it wasn't my idea that he spend his time making love to her. Well, then give the man credit for some initiative. Listen to this newspaper story. Just listen to this. Constant companions at Southern Play Spots are Ethel Caldwell of the fabulously wealthy tobacco company and Thomas Bernie, New York advertising executive. Their whirlwind romance is the talk of Southern society. Well, I think that's wonderful. It sounds as though we're practically certain of getting the Caldwell account. Well, if we have to get it that way, I don't want the account. Oh. Oh, so that's the way the wind blows, McGregor. You're in love with Bernie. I am not. Then why are you worrying about his newspaper romance with Ethel Caldwell? Well, I... I'm, I'm just tired of his ignoring my instructions. Uh, I see. No, you don't. He hasn't answered a wire in two weeks. Well, I might point out that you haven't answered one of Jonathan Caldwell's phone calls in two weeks either. That's different. Naturally. My wife to Tom were about business. Caldwell's trying to give me a romantic sales talk. No. Yes. You mean that that four times loser wants a fifth wife? That seems to be the idea. Oh. Oh, and I suppose that after Bernie marries Ethel Caldwell and you marry Jonathan, I won't be even a junior partner in this organization. Now, don't worry about that. I'm not marrying Jonathan, and Vernie isn't going to marry Ethel. Just how do you propose to stop him? I'm going down to Raleigh and straighten Mr. Vernie out myself. <laughs> and then I'm going to fire him. <laughs> Hello? Yes. Yes, she is. She's here, yes. It's for you, Max. All well. Tell him I'm out. I can't. I told him you were here. Oh, all right. Hello? We're going to meet you right away, McGregor. No place. I'm taking the next train for Raleigh. Oh, that's perfect. I'll go with you. And forget about a hotel reservation because you'll stay with us at Caldwell Acres. Your man Bernie's there with my sister Ethel. Well, thank you very much. Now, what was on your mind? Well, I'll tell you about that when I get you on my home grounds with magnolias and moonlight to help me. I'll take a chance on anything, even becoming Mrs. Caldwell number five. If I can get down to Raleigh and get my hands on Tom Verney. Say, are you in love with Verney? What? Of course not. I hate him. Why? Oh, nothing, but I'm warning you. I want you myself. And I'm going to do everything I can to make you continue to hate Verney. Hello, Caldwell. Glad to see you. Hello, Vernie. I'm sorry Ethel and I were out riding when you and Mac arrived at Caldwell Acres. Yeah, it's just as well. I was anxious to talk to you before McGregor did anyway. Hey, uh, by the way, where is Mac? Up in her room, pouting. Coming down the train, I found out that she's really jealous of you and my charming sister. Oh, yeah? Well, it's about time. Ethel and I have been working hard enough at trying to make her jealous. Well, you've succeeded. That self-sufficient McGregor is just about ready to fall in your arms if. What do you mean, if? If you don't weaken it isn't enough just to make McGregor jealous. No? Well, what would you suggest? Go on, you've had four wives. You should have learned something about a woman. Well, now that you know Max jealous, don't let up. Oh, oh, really pour it on her, huh? Yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> I get it. Make her think I'm really in love with Ethel, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Announce your engagement. Make yourself obnoxious. <laughs> hey, do you think I could? <laughs> Without half trying. <laughs> Could you imagine her trying to hold out against me with you coaching me? <laughs> I don't know why you should spend so much time worrying about Bernie McGregor. He's enjoying himself somewhere with Ethel. I'm not worrying about Bernie. 
I'm worrying about the Caldwell Tobacco Company's advertising account. Well, you certainly don't need to worry about that. Why not? Well, when Bernie marries Ethel, he'll control the account. When, Ver- when Bernie I'm... marries Ethel? Who said he was going to marry her? Why, Bernie told me so himself. When? Well, this afternoon when you were up in your room resting. He said he hoped you wouldn't be jealous enough to do anything foolish, but uh, he had to look out for himself. Bernie said that? Those were his exact words. What? That egomaniac. Why should I be jealous of him? Why should I care what he does? Well, that's exactly what I told him, Mac. Bernie doesn't mean anything to me. He was just my stooge. And not a very good stooge at that. I hope I never see him again. I'll tell him so, too. Oh, he'll just laugh and tell you not to be jealous. Jealous? Me jealous of Tom Bernie. I'll prove to him that I'm not jealous. Well, that's a great idea if you can do it. I can do it. You asked me to marry you, didn't you, Caldwell? Is the proposal still in effect? It most certainly is. Then I accept your proposal. That ought to prove to Mr. Verney that I'm not jealous of him. Good night. Who is it? Me, Tom. Go away. But I've got something important to talk over with you. Well, I don't have anything to discuss with you. Oh, yes, you do. Colbert just told me you'd agree to marry him. Well, why shouldn't I? Well, being jealous of me couldn't have driven you that far. Jealous of you? You think the fact that you are marrying Ethel Caldwell could have the slightest influence on my accepting Jonathan's proposal? I'm not marrying Ethel. You are, too. I am not. You sent me down here on business, and I've done everything you asked me to do. I didn't ask you to marry Ethel. Neither did Ethel. <laughs> Ethel's only interest in me was in getting a good advertising campaign. Well, you got it for her. Your pictures have been in every gossip column in the country. They have not. Jimmy Fiddler's mad at me. <laughs> Anyway, I'm talking business. Tonight, Ethel okayed the campaign layouts and signed the contracts. Here it is. Thanks. Now, I've just earned that $10,000 bonus you promised me for landing this deal, and I'm quitting. Effective as of right now. Quitting? Where are you going? To Mexico, if you must know, in a trailer. But you can't leave me now. Can't I? Well, don't let my dust get in your eyes. Are you going alone? Certainly I'm going alone. Oh. And just to show you how stupid a man can be, I'll tell you something. I honestly believed once that you'd be making this trip with me. Me painting. And you writing your poetry. Do you mean that? Yeah. It was so real that you stubbed your toe while I was taking you through the Aztec ruins. I did? Yeah. I was a fine chump. You couldn't even love Caldwell. (laughs) Of course I don't love Caldwell. You don't love anything but yourself and money. Well, you're going to have more money than you ever dreamed of, Mrs. Caldwell the Fifth. You planned your life with nice, cold-blooded perfection and accomplished everything you set out to do. You're a fine, money-grubbing machine. So that's all you think of me? That's all I think of you. As I told you once before, you're a beautiful brain in beautiful clothes. No temperature, no pulse, and that's all. Is that so? Yeah. Well, as long as we're reminiscing, I gave you the answer to that once before, too. I told you then I'm more woman than you've ever known. It's true. If I weren't, I wouldn't have lost my head and told Colwell I marry him just to spite you. What? I told you that love could only happen to me once. And you, you were that one. I've always known that if I ever fell in love, it it would be the sea dashing against rocks. Lightning flashing across the the sky sky and thunder thunder rolling rolling through through the the mountain. Well? Huh? That's your cue. Come on, Tom. Turn on the thunder and lightning. 
Thank you, Rosalind Russell, Perry Grant, Edward Everett Horton, and Paul Stewart for your superb performances in tonight's play. Miss Russell, we enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you, Mr. Bradley. It was our fun. We'd like to express our thanks to Paramount Pictures, too, for permitting us to present our radio version of Take a Letter, Darling, adapted by Bill Hampton. Cary Grant has something exciting to tell you about next week's show. But first, I'd like to have you hear a word from one of America's foremost beauty experts, Lady Esther. Thank you, Miss Russell. Today, all over America, busy women who once used as many as three and even four different kinds of preparations for their skin are now changing to just one cream, Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream. And so many of them say that this one cream by itself does more for the appearance of their skin, makes it look smoother and fresher, makes it look younger than all the preparations they've used before. Now, here's why this is true. Lady Esther Face Cream brings your skin four important aids to beauty every time you put it on your face. First, it thoroughly cleans your skin, removes even the stubborn dirt from the mouths of the pores. Second... It softens your skin and relieves the dryness that may cause little lines. Third, it gives the texture of your skin a fresher, lovelier look because it helps nature refine the pores. And finally, you don't even need a special powder base anymore because Lady Esther Face Cream leaves your skin so soft and smooth that powder and makeup look more flattering than ever. So you see... Smart women today waste no time on beauty preparations they no longer need. All they use to get these wonderful results is my one scientific face cream. Try it and see for yourself why more and more busy, lovely women every day are changing to Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream for the complete care of their skin. Ladies and gentlemen, Harry Grant. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players have a great dramatic treat for you. The tender and moving story of a lovable English schoolteacher. Goodbye, Mr. Chips. You will hear Mr. Basil Rathbone as Mr. Chips and Miss Merle Oberon as Mrs. Chips. I know you'll find it grand entertainment. Thank you and good night. Next week, then, Merle Oberon and Basil Rathbone will appear in Metro-Golden-Mayer's Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Green Guild players are presented by Lady Esther from Hollywood. This is Truman Bradley saying thank you and good night. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.